Welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Except this week I'm doing something a little different, and I'm not going to talk about any specific movie, but I'm going to talk about our ability to watch the movies. Specifically, our ability to watch the, how our ability to watch the movies has changed as a result of MoviePass. Because uh, a lot of people that have been joining me on these podcasts and a lot of other people I know have had their movie-going consumption their movie-going habits altered significantly by MoviePass and how it has subsidized their movie-going and allowed them to see a bunch of things. But as anyone that is ever on the internet has seen in the last week, that has changed a lot because MoviePass has finally actually been become too good to be true, as everyone had been saying for the last few months. And I thought I – actually, I, I don't want to take credit for it. I, uh, uh, one person you're going to hear from, my friend Sean Quinn, had the suggestion of me talking to a bunch of people around the country and seeing based on where they are geographically and what the theater chains are around them and what their movie-going habits are, how this – Movie Pass stumbling and changing their policies has affected them. So I'm going to talk to different people from L.A., New York, various parts of Florida, Atlanta, and Alabama and get their thoughts on it and how it's changing their movie-going habits. And I'm in a unique position because I do this movie podcast. I want to see things in a timely manner. I'm going to try and see things really early on anyway, and you're going to hear me explain my situation a few times throughout these interviews because it just naturally came up throughout these conversations. But I live across the street from an AMC, and AMC Stubbs A-List is kind of the best alternative at this point to MoviePass. So it probably makes sense for me just to pay for it to see the big releases and then probably also ride it out to the end with MoviePass because I could still probably get a couple of independent movies in myself. And I already know from when MoviePass was $45 a month and I was getting my money's worth that it probably just makes sense for me to combine those two and pay $35 a month. But I know not everyone has the time or the convenience of having a movie theater across the street from them like I do, or the or really has a high enough priority on movies themselves to want to pay $45 a month. So I'm in a pretty unique situation and I want to talk to a lot of other people. And I hope you can jump around and look at the timestamps in the description of this podcast and jump to someone that you see lives in a city that might be in a similar situation to you. So if you want to listen to the whole thing, that's great. Or you can just listen to each of these conversations, which I'm going to divide and just hear what this person has to say about what movie going is like in their part of the country. So uh, just sit back and enjoy. And uh, thanks for listening. And here's our first interview. All right. Now I am joined by my old movie podcasting friend, Fred, who joined me a few times on my old movie podcast, is yet to join us on The Rewind, but we're going to change that soon. Fred, how's it going? Going pretty well. How about yourself? Good. And we're also joined by Fred's girlfriend, who lives in the same place as him, which is kind of relevant for the purposes of this discussion because we're talking about locations and movie theaters, uh, Logan Abbott. Logan, how's it going? Going good. How are you doing, Josh? Good. Thank you guys for being here. So the... where I want to start is to get a little context is Logan, I've never really talked to you about in depth about movies before. Like I have Fred, I knew Fred kind of liked going to the movies beforehand and was always been a big movie fan, but obviously movie pass changed the way people go to movies and how willing they were to see movies in theaters. Can you put into perspective a little bit, how often you went to the movies, uh, before movie pass and then how much after and how it kind of changed your, uh, your habits. Yeah, so I would say that MoviePass actually drastically changed my movie-going experience. So I never really went to the movies before movie we got MoviePass. Mm-hmm. So I would go for the big releases, you know, Avengers, Star Wars, um, the really big block- blockbusters. But I wouldn't really go to see any other movie, primarily because 
I was in college, movies cost money, didn't want to spend it. <laughs> right. um, so when I moved to Jacksonville, and Fred is here, obviously, um, we would go to the movies all the time because Fred loved movies, and mm-hmm. I did enjoy seeing them. <laughs> We'd try to go on Tuesdays because the theater we would go to, Cinemark, has their $5 movie deals on Tuesdays. Um, and then after doing that for a couple months, uh, Fred finally kept nagging me enough to get movie pass because... If we go two times a month, even if it's just on a Tuesday, it paid for itself. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when we really, when I got Movie Pass, was when I really started going to the movies a lot more. I think so far, when I checked on a couple of days ago, I'd seen about 15 movies since December um, using Movie Pass, which is the most I've ever really seen in a year. And a lot of those movies were ones that I wouldn't normally have gone to see, like Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, or Lady Bird. Right. Or um, even something like Molly's Game. I saw Lady Bird uh, three times because I saw that was before they went to the you can't see the same thing twice, and it was like my favorite movie last year. So. Honestly, Lady Bird was fantastic. It reminded me a lot of my high school years doing theater, so yeah. I enjoyed it a bunch. So, but yeah, movie. Sorry, God. No, no, I was just gonna say. So you obviously you were visiting Fred while you were in school. And I was going to ask Fred, Fred, I remember I was kind of like harping on you to get Movie Pass for a while. Did you become a subscriber before they went to ten dollars a month? No. So that you, you kind of probably got it soon after that at that point then? Yeah, I was following it. But at the same time, I was also on that bandwagon for a while that I thought the deal sounded just way too good to be true. So I thought there were probably a whole bunch of uh, footnotes and subclauses that you uh, had to agree to. Yeah, but as it turned out, it was the real deal. So well, I mean, eventually I, would say, I realized enough of my friends have it, so I should get it too. We're having this conversation now because it kind of turned out it was too good to be true, at least uh, oh, yeah. in the in the long run. But, I mean, I, be, oh, yeah. I guess you're uh, – you to be right on that one. Right. So it sounds like you were still going a lot then because I knew you – like I, I was just like – we'd always talked about you coming on my podcast and you know, it just took forever to get you to first do it. But like, you were always going to movies and I feel like I, when I first told you about it, you were like, oh, I, I'd probably get my money's worth on that. So like and you were already going to movies a lot before you got it. Like how much more often did you start going like once you got it? I would actually say my movie going habits didn't change drastically. Just save money. Um, yeah, and Logan was saying the same thing already. I was a little bit more willing to see some of the smaller releases that I normally would have waited uh, to rent once it came out on DVD. I was actually willing to see that at the movie theater now because all of a sudden I didn't have to pay those extra $10, $11 anymore for a okay. ticket. Right, and so you guys live near a Cinemark, which in light of MoviePass having these struggles, it's now people are kind of turning their heads to the individual chain saying, well, are you going to kind of follow suit with AMC and try and get a subscription service? And Cinemark actually launched their own movie club before they even before before AMC even list, uh, launched Stubbs A List. Which uh, Logan, can you give you, you give me a good rundown of the details before we went on air? So what all does that include? So uh, the ironic thing is when we first got Movie Pass, every time we'd go to Cinemark and we'd see their advertisement for their Cinemark Movie Club, we'd laugh to ourselves about how terrible of a deal it was oh. <laughs> compared to Movie Pass. But basically, you agree to pay Cinemark eight ninety nine a month, and you get one free movie ticket with that eight ninety nine charge. Um, and then for the rest of the month, if you want to go see more movies, you will get all those tickets for standard definition showings uh, for eight ninety nine. Uh, and you can also bring a friend with you. So if you decide to use your free movie ticket and you want to bring a friend, it only costs eight ninety nine to get them a ticket as well. And then where they're really, I guess, making the money or saving the money, not quite sure. Um, 
they they give you 20 20 i believe off of concessions which if you're a concessions person is amazing but I'm considering not. yeah we go to the movies we don't get popcorn we don't get soda we go to the bathroom we sit down in the theater and we watch the movie <laughs> that's like so. the opposite of me i just shovel drunk into my mouth the entire movie but i can see i mean i, th- I think the idea is even if you're giving them 20 percent off like concessions are so overpriced that if like that oh, yeah. deal the 899 thing entices you to like be loyal to them and come back like they're gonna make whatever they're gonna make whatever money back on the concession people oh maybe, yeah exactly. maybe not on you guys so i guess i guess that's the thinking but I, the reason i was asking you about that is is because with this new it, let's say movie pass goes on for a long time in its current incarnation and somehow they're able to survive with these new rules they announced yesterday can't see new stuff for two weeks 15 dollars a month uh but you might be able to see the smaller stuff right away it's just the big studio releases on a thousand screens that's not good. So the biggest reason I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about the biggest thing I want to talk to you guys about is that people as people that have a Cinemark right there, where are your heads at at this point as far as like what is your better option? Cuz as you said, MoviePass allowed you guys to see probably the kind of movies that you're still going to be able to see with MoviePass right off the bat more, but you still really probably do want to go see some of the big movies like a Mission Impossible right away. So where is where is your thinking been since all of this news is broken as to like what would be worth it for you guys? So the cost-benefit analysis for us at this point is really, are we willing to drive to the nearest AMC theater <laughs> every single time um, if we get that particular subscription? Because it's about a, what, 10-minute drive from our yeah, apartment? Like 10, oh, okay. I, I didn't realize that. I, Logan showed me how you guys are like two minutes from a Cinemark. I, I assumed that maybe it was, <laughs> longer, yeah. it was like longer for AMC. Ten minutes... Is it bad? It's just maybe not quite as convenient, I guess. Not quite yeah, as exactly. convenient. And we just moved here a couple of months ago. And actually, it's just been one month. And the whole idea was, oh, great. Now we have a movie theater within walking distance. Hmm. So how convenient is that? And we have movie pass. So now we'll actually take full-on advantage of the fact that we're paying $10 a month to uh, basically see 31 movies. It was nice while it lasted. Now, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, now we have the downsides a little bit, obviously. But the AMC deal is still, still really good. And what also is really nice is you can make reservations in advance. I don't think there's an upcharge for IMAX or 3D showings either. Nope, and it's three a week. Yeah, so that little extra gas money we'd be spending on driving there from time to time might almost be worth it to forego our nice walking distance options to Cinemark. The other We're thinking thing about that... in any case. Yeah, the other thing that I've been thinking about is every time I look at the Cinemark movie showings is we don't actually get a lot of those smaller movies, the more indie movies, that we'd be able to see right away at the Cinemark Theater because a lot of them are very large theaters, and I want to say five, six, maybe, yeah, like five or six of the theaters in Cinemark, excuse me, are reserved right now for Mission Impossible, and the other ones have Ant-Man and the Wasp. The other ones have The Purge all of which are movies that have come out maybe not in the last two weeks or three weeks, but they all have peak pricing right now or they're not available. I want to say the only indie movie that we have right now is um, Sorry to Bother You, and Mm. that's it. And Blind Spotting, that one, I think, as well. I saw that last night. Actually, really good. Um, Okay, that's good to know, actually. Yeah, but so so that's that's interesting. The the other thing we didn't talk about was the peak pricing. It's like, I guess it's almost like, I guess you kind of got to just devote yourself to the, like, it's it's it, or what, what I guess I'm getting at is that have you decided that just with these challenges that the movie pass is going to present, if it's going to keep doing the peak pricing, is it? It's, it sounds like you would rather probably dump movie pass, like or not that I'm forcing you to make a decision live here <laughs> on this podcast, but my, my, my thing is that it's like I'm trying to figure out like what movie pass would have to do to actually keep people, you know, 
I kind of, yeah. I, I, and that's what I'm kind of getting at. But it's like, and I don't know what your price point is. I'm, and what, what I'm not going to ask you guys to disclose all your financials. But it sounds like you've kind of done the calculus in your head, and twenty dollars isn't exactly a, a cost prohibitive figure for you for what AMC has to offer. Yeah, that sounds about right. We've become really entitled when it comes to movie going. Actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. Twenty dollars getting... to see as many things as I want at a movie theater ten minutes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing, right? You still got three movies a week, so 12 movies a month, and you're paying $20 for that. That is still a really good deal, everything considered. And it's, and it's like, what do you guys value in life? Yeah, and it's kind of amazing that we're sitting here thinking, oh, but I kind of liked my $10 for 31 movies better. <laughs> right. Like, well, much, uh, that's not exactly my analysis when I'm looking at it. So, like, for me... We're looking at how often we've actually gone to the movies in the past couple of months. We maybe see two a month so far. Um, when we first got it in December and January, I, we probably saw three or four movies a month, but it's kind of dwindled since then. Right. So for me, if we're keeping up that track record of seeing two movies a month, if we're going to stay with MoviePass, that's $15 a month now. Um, we don't get to see the really big releases until two weeks later. And even then they might have peak pricing. So if we're operating underneath that assumption, $15 a month plus three to $5 for each showing that we go to, we're spending 20, $25 for two movies, which is how much we'd pay if we didn't have movie pass to begin with and we could go see it whenever we want. So that's kind of my thought process on it is if I'm only going to go as often as I've been going, it right. doesn't really make it worth it. Right. Anymore. So basically, if you, like, if you're saying it's like a, it's what a three minute walk right now to the theater yeah. to Cinemark and a ten minute drive, so you're saving seven minutes. But if you're only seeing two <laughs> movies, it's like, is that fourteen minutes that you're saving by getting to walk like worth all the other math you just did in your head? That's probably working against you. you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think Movie Pass would probably come in handy again around Oscar season when you have a lot of smaller releases coming out and gradually yeah. expanding. But that's a couple of months from now, and I'm not sure if MoviePass is... Going to be around for that? <laughs> yeah, not even that, but if they're going to make more changes, perhaps, because that's kind of been the trend the last couple of weeks. They've slowly and slowly shrunken um, right. the what? services that you get for the price that you're paying. So I'm not convinced that by the time December rolls around, um, it's still going to be worth it at all. I feel like that measure they took was pretty drastic, though, the two weeks. Yeah. And... I just don't know how they can go further and be more restrictive than that is kind of where I'm at. It's like I feel like that's a drastic measure because they're in such a dire strait right now with their bank account that yeah, it's like it would be hard up. for them to push it even further without like losing more people. But I guess the goal of that might have been to lose some people so they're having to like pay for, well, a few, pay for a few movie tickets. I, I don't know. It's like they've been so non-transparent that it's it feels weird. You don't really want to speculate too much because who really knows what they're thinking because they've made so few public statements. You know what I mean? And when they do, it's like, hey, sorry our service didn't work at all last weekend. We're trying really hard. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah, well, that email was – that email yesterday they sent out was a bit weak, yeah. to be honest. And my other thing is that so far, so long as we go to one movie a month, just one, like at, an, at a normal time, like maybe at, in the afternoon or at night on a Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm. we're still saving 2 to $3 just by having MoviePass. So if we it's just a- make it out there once, we're good. But if we decide, but if, for instance, we have a super busy month, like I know in May we went, we were traveling a lot, we really didn't see more than one movie that month it but at $15 we're paying more for our subscription service than we're even getting and then i guess the peak pricing things like so unpredictable 
that it's like that that makes sense like if you go twice you save a few dollars but if you can't really even that's not the most reliable equation in the world because that one that you might want to go to they might be charging you five extra bucks too exactly and if you think about it the way that we've been going to movies recently, maybe one or two a month, are the type of subscribers that MoviePass wants to keep because they're not spending a ton of money on us. Right. And it's what's driving us away is the fact that to continue that pattern of how we've been doing our movies wouldn't be cost-effective for us anymore. Would, would you say that the um, – like that's interesting that you – I hadn't even thought of you guys as being in that category of consumer that they probably want to hang <laughs> around because they're going to – they might make money on you every once in a while. But would you say that, uh, that, that because of that, it's like – or let's just say peak pricing wasn't even a concern and you could just like – you could therefore just like make your budget. Like would that, would that kind of convince you to stick with them as opposed to AMC if you could just knew that and that's just like – a weird and, and maybe because i would assume that that other people might be at that same point and then it's like wow you're keeping this weird inconsistent policy around that's like kind of like a dagger just hanging over people's heads and it's like they don't want to live that way but you could probably have them otherwise yeah i mean i'm not really too crazy about seeing movies on opening weekend so that's the other thing you can, i want to ask you guys like how, yeah, so, how, yeah, how so, much so, you so, value that yeah because that's the thing so if you can see those big releases two or three weeks after they come out but you don't have to pay the peak pricing I'd be fine with that. That wouldn't be the yeah, issue. Same. But that extra component that they're adding in now makes it completely unpredictable. So three weeks from now, when I finally want to go see Mission Impossible, which I've seen, by the way, great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I wanted to, I might not be able to because peak pricing would still be in effect. And that's a bit of a turnoff, to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah, well, if I'm paying for a service, I'm expecting to get what I'm paying for. And right now I can't trust movie pass to deliver on that anymore as long as their terms of service change every three days i don't think that's yeah, gonna happen exactly. but it, it sounds like that's where you guys are at at this point is just like yeah exactly i guess you're probably i mean i don't know when you last got billed by movie pass but it sounds like you you, you might you, you kind of might be stuck with them for at least another month and then you get to weigh your options right mm-hmm. i actually get billed on the fifth so i'm still considering it oh but, wow uh, yeah so you got you got a, I, you got a long few days ahead of you then <laughs> yeah well, I think if they weren't instituting the peak pricing at all, if that weren't part of their equation, I'd be more willing to still stick with them because $15 a month, if I'm guaranteed that that's all that I'm paying for the movies that I want to see, really isn't that bad at all. It's only an extra $5. That's still two movies a month is still making it worth it. That's seven fifty right. a movie. Basically. Um, yeah. But that extra component where I don't know exactly how much my movie prices are going to be each month isn't great, especially as someone who likes budgeting and keeps track of how much he spends. Um, The one thing that I do want to bring up, though, is what they were talking about, about giving you a free pass to see like an IMAX showing or a... um, or like an XD showing, for instance, and how they would allow you to upcharge to see those showings. I was actually excited about that change because we aren't, aren't able to see 3D movies right now with MoviePass. But if they're giving you the option to spend an extra three or four bucks to have that experience, that I was actually excited about and that I was totally willing to yeah. pay for. I had thought that they might come down with something like that and it just didn't happen. And I would have been, I also would have been totally fine with that. You know, I mean, I guess, I mean, maybe they just, maybe they just did the math and didn't really think it was worth it for them, you know? That's true. Because, um, like, they're still having – that's just more movies are having to reimburse for at, I guess, a similar margin um, just because you're just taking into account how much more the IMAX costs. It's, I, and if they couldn't survive without that, then they – if they couldn't survive without that policy, it was probably only going to make it harder if they did do it. 
Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think we fairly well covered it. I guess it's just kind of a wait and see thing for you. And it's, I mean, in a perfect world, like Cinemark would come around and just want to get really competitive with AMC. But if not, then I guess you guys just got to do the math in your head about whether movie pass is worth it or not. And then do you want to not be able to have a nice leisurely stroll to the movie as opposed to getting in your car? Yeah. Um, in the Florida heat in the summer. That's right. the thing. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, even if it's only like a quarter of a mile in Florida, that's different than if you're just like walking a few city blocks in New York city or something. Oh like yeah. That. So yeah. And considering how much it's storming outside, we don't exactly have predictable weather. Yeah. yeah that too. You know, it could be sunny when you leave and start raining by the time you get there. That's, I didn't even consider that. And I sometimes mm-hmm. have to deal with that. And I live like 300 feet from a theater. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate you guys you guys joining me. And who knows, maybe we'll have like a funeral podcast for Movie Pass in a few months. And <laughs> just like kind of check back in yeah. and see how y'all are doing. But I but I hope in the interim, uh, you'll come back and talk movies with me, talk actual movies with me while while we are still seeing movies. I hopefully hopefully whatever solution you have does allow you to see them at the same frequency. But uh, I'm I'm hoping I'll be able to kind of keep getting my friends to come back until that happens. So yeah, um, yeah, sure. great. All right. Well, thank you guys so much, and um, we'll check back in with you soon. All right. Now I'm joined for maybe the third straight episode by Graham Hall, depending on when I decided to post this whole thing. Uh, Graham, how's it going? Good to be here, Josh, and always good to talk movies with you. And this is something that affects our movie going, but it's not really related to movies. Right. Well, it- not not related to the substance of any movie, but very related to our ability to see movies. And you're in a very unique position with this movie pass thing. And that I would say that movie pass. I'm asking everyone like how movie pass changed their movie going habits because you've always been into movies, like watching stuff new and old. But I would say that like you exponentially increased what you were seeing once movie pass became what it is now at nine ninety five a month, or what it Certainly, was yeah. before they this change in policy they just had yesterday. Definitely, and I was even seeing. You know, I signed up for MoviePass when it was $30 offered in Gainesville when they were owned by a different company, and they were choosing different pricing plans uh, related to your city. And then they raised it to $50, and I stopped the plan and then got back into it when they you know, announced the amazing $10 deal. And it not only affected how many movies I was seeing, but you and I have talked about this a lot in the psychology behind it. It affected how I – enjoyed movies a lot more because there wasn't that financial investment. I could go see movies that I wasn't totally sold on and went into with lower expectations and wasn't worried about getting burnt or putting a, you know, fiscal value on my potential enjoyment. Um, it made me see a lot more things that I, you know, probably wouldn't have seen unless they came to home video and, um, but right now, you know, I'm in definitely a unique situation that you've alluded to because I uh, have to pretty much go along with the changes to MoviePass right now or go back to paying for um, tickets. And I think I fall in the same boat with a lot of people that uh, this is a luxury that a lot of people have experienced. And I'm not really ready to go back to paying for, you know, 1250 for a ticket. Right. And when we did the podcast on Skyscraper last week, you actually made the comment like that you and your girlfriend – like to go to movies on opening weekend and that's something that like now with these this new set of changes that they're doing away with but i guess i i had forgotten that you stuck with it for 30 a month for a long time and just only left once it went to 50 so even if it's not ideal i guess until regal gets in the game because graham lives in gainesville where there's literally three regals within like all within basically 15 minutes of each other and and that's it and so until they get into the subscription game, I guess you just kind of got to write it out. Is that kind of where you're at with it at this point? 
Yeah, and I think from talking to a lot of people and doing some research, it does seem like Regal Cinemas does plan to get in the game. You saw that AMC released their $20 a month plan. Um, The one I've heard that was speculated for Regal was that it'd be about $25 a month, include 3D and IMAX movies if possible, and be the same three-movie-a-week policy. But like you said, we don't have an AMC theater. Regal hasn't gotten to the game yet. They haven't even announced plans to do that yet or implement it. So it seems like it would be at least six months off. And with MoviePass's recent announcement that they were going to limit availability for certain showtimes and new releases, you know, that's pretty much what I have to put up with. We were going to movies on Thursday nights before we were seeing movies. And a lot of people discussed the psychology of of how MoviePass thought their plan would be ultimately successful. They thought that they would end up getting uh, revenue sharing. They'd invest in movies. They'd get concession money. Well, what they didn't factor in was that a lot of people were going to see more movies that they otherwise wouldn't have seen because MoviePass was making it free. I don't think that they really you know, anticipated people seeing more movies in mass. I think that they thought that people would see the same amount of movies they regularly were seeing, which is a pretty a ill-advised calculation. But also, yeah. not only maybe that, but also that just like – they, th- I mean, that was a, which is maybe even a bolder assumption than assuming that like people are going to go to the same amount of movies. It's like, yeah, well, theater chains will just want to give us a percentage of their profits. Like, I don't know what why they thought that part of it would work. I was hoping they would figure out this ad ad sales thing more, and they just didn't. Um, or, or, or the the targeted uh, advertising based on the data, and it just seemed like nothing ever came of that. And I don't know. Yeah, it seemed like they thought that theaters would have some incentive to give MoviePass a share. But that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, concessions benefit the most when more people are going. And all MoviePass was doing was creating uh, a higher viewership number. Why would Regal and AMC and all those other theater chains risk, you know, their main percent of profits? You think of how many people are employed in a movie theater, how many people work there. They don't get any percent of money from tickets. I think that that's a common misconception is that they're getting a portion of the, you know, what people see. All that money goes to the production companies and the people who own the films and, and sell them, the studios, I mean, they get a, maybe a little bit at the top, but all their money mainly comes from concessions. And there's no way that theaters in this day and age were going, especially with, with the struggles that everyone's facing with online and, and even the, previously with Netflix before, the, the, you know, they're not going to sacrifice their main source of income just because MoviePass comes along and creates a new commodity. Right. And I, and I, and I guess like in, that's part of why I didn't understand why AMC was so resistant to MoviePass at first because of that point you made. Like they make so much more of their money off of the concessions than they do off of the ticket sales itself. It's like, shouldn't you want anything that just gets more people in the door as long as you're getting fully reimbursed for the ticket? Because your margins are going to be so much higher on what you sell in concessions than what you sell on a movie ticket. And that's why I never understood. Like, we now know, though, that like AMC was kind of planning on probably doing this A A list thing that it did or some version of it. And they were just kind of angry that MoviePass dropped their big bomb first, for lack of a better term. But yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of where they're at at this point. And MoviePass is kind of like has to figure out like a new like given that like it seems like you said regal might do it amc did it cinemark who i already talked about with some other people that live near cinemark has a bad version of it but i guess if everyone's going to do their own version movie passes has to find that right point and i don't know if this is it i hope they get a more financially stable footing because at this point like anyone that's in a city with an amc like 
I don't know if it's really worth worth it for them. Like it seems like it's most worth it for people that are kind of trapped like you. And I know Orlando is kind of the same way, uh, where it's a lot of Regal. It's pretty dominated by Regal, aside from like the Universal Theater. But I don't know. They got to kind of carve their niche out, and I, I guess they can raise the prices on you to a certain point, and you'll be stuck with them. But other people, I don't really know what they're what they're going to do. But it doesn't know if, seem like as long, especially as long as they're doing the peak pricing thing. I don't really know who it makes sense for besides people in your position. Yeah, I've definitely said that I would pay probably twenty five dollars a month um, if Movie Pass was the way it was, where I could see unlimited movies, no surge pricing. I would probably pay twenty five dollars a month. I'm very interested to see if Movie Pass lasts until Regal unveils a plan, though, because everything you've seen coming out about them, their stock prices falling, um, We're straight up running out of money like they do last year. Yeah, having an actual bear, you know, you know, borrow cash. I, I'm interested to see if they last until Regal gets their plan out because yeah, the way they're hemorrhaging, they're not going to last through the year. Um, but what they've done is they've created a luxury in the, the movie film going economy that I could easily envision if something were to happen where movie pass were to suddenly cease, you know, activity, I could see a lot of drop off going. And I don't know how much money the theaters are making per concessions compared to how much they were making before movie pass, but I could easily see a lot people, a lot of people going to a lot, uh, you know, fewer movies. When I went to go see, sorry to bother you, I was in there with about 30 people and it was Tuesday on an afternoon. And wow. I would pretty much guess that. Yeah. I would pretty much guess that a lot of people there were seeing it with movie pass, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of cinemas and theaters are probably going to see a drop off in their revenue. And it's going to be because movie pass goes away because so many people are seeing movies. You know, we talk about movie pass failing, but at the same time, revenue is at an all time high at, at the box office. A lot of that can be attributed to inflation, but people are still seeing movies in droves. Yeah. I think a lot of it, that uh, box office stuff, part of it's movie pass. Part of it is this year. It just has had a lot of theaters uh, or a lot of sequels that are like really big. Like all this other stuff came back around from 2015, like stuff like Jurassic world, like another massive Avengers movie, things like that. Like they, I think it's a combination of things, but there have been movie stories that got posted that were like showing the top 10 movies that have benefited the most from movie pass. And like, it's a significant chunk of sales like, that are going to it. Like a lot of the year's biggest movies, it's like between 10 and $20 million, I think. So I, it's weird. It, you would think that like someone's going to figure out the right way to do it when you, when you think about that kind of stuff, like there's gotta be a way, like there's gotta be a way to make it work. I think the AMC thing might be more stable. Um, I don't know, but I, I, I kind of agree with you. It's like, it's obviously had an effect. Like I, I'm sure you've seen it just in your friends in Gainesville. Like I bet you know more people that are going to movies than you did a year ago. Definitely, definitely. And I, you know, Gainesville, there's so few things that you can do really if you're, if you graduated from college and you don't want to go out movie theaters. I mean, there's one bowling alley, there's a few bars, but it really is the three movie theaters. Hey, I miss those, I miss those theaters. bars. I miss those bars. And, <laughs> and you referenced the new one. Yeah, I know they're still great, but you know, there's a time when you want to break and you want to sit and relax for sure. And, uh, the new celebration point movie theater has a bar in it and they huh. have seats that, um, you know, feature a little thing over your lap that you could sit there and eat. It's kind of like a desk chair, recliner chair as well. Yeah, got a few of those um, so they're trying to sell the whole package to you. If you go into the movies, paying a lot of money for concessions, buying dinner, 
I just see a lot of those profits dropping off if MoviePass goes away, because especially with Regal having a monopoly here, I think a lot of people would drop off. Regal should be prepared in cities like this to fill in, you know, a plan when MoviePass goes away, because a lot of people are going to be wanting to keep going to the movies as much as they're going, myself included. Yeah, if they can figure out a way to just make it worth their while to get those loyal customers who then want to come buy concessions. My last question for you, though, is let's just say MoviePass, it, it doesn't die by the end of the year, but it's like some kind of walking zombie that's a shell of its former self. At this point, if you were paying $30 a month for back when it was everything, now I'd say like you don't get the stuff the opening two weekends. But if it's let's just say you want to pay out of pocket for like one of the big big releases and uh, in those first two weeks, you're still coming in at under $30 with what Gainesville prices are. And maybe if they went up another five, but is it is this like the would it be a deal breaker if they went up to $20 a month but kept all their current features the same? Or does that peak pricing thing, uh, does that make it so you wouldn't be willing to do anything else? Like what would they have to do at this point to just have you cut the cord? Um, to have me, to have me cut the cord right now, I think that, see, I'm pretty much stuck though. I would, I would probably keep paying for movie pass if they even only let me for $10 a month, if they even only let me saw one movie a week, because it's still a better deal than going and paying 1250 for one ticket. I could even see them instituting something where if you go and see a big movie like mission impossible or, or anything else, that's a big movie that they've built. If they don't want you to see a movie for three to five days after that, I probably would still pay for it um, just because the lack of other options. When there's no competition in the market and someone has a monopoly on something that you really want, like MoviePass does on this subscription, you really are kind of stuck. They have all the leverage because in a city like Gainesville, I can't just say, oh, I'm going to go pay $20 for AMC's 12 movies a month plan. Mm -hmm. I don't really have any other option. And I don't know if MoviePass knows that, but really the reason they're able to scale back so much is because they set such a comfortable price point that a lot of people are going to take, you know, let them take some advantages and take some things away before they really say, that's it. And I'm one of those people, sadly, who's going to let them say, oh, we ran out of cash. You can't go. But what is really going to start losing customers, and myself included, would be if they did something that made me really mad. As if, like, what happened over the last two weeks, if I were to drive over to a theater and they were to say right when I got there, oh, you can't use MoviePass to buy a ticket for Mission Impossible. That'd make me pretty mad if I just wasted, you know, 30 minutes driving around town and didn't get any advance warning. Those outages they, and they have the, really that's, that's the most inexplicable part of all the problems they've had the last couple weekends is that they have the ability to do push notifications like they could let you sure. know as soon as they're down and that happened to me a couple times where i showed up and it was just like that so it sounds like as long as it saves you money and it's in that 15 to 20 dollar range you'll probably stick with it until like yeah. they do something that's like really unless it just gets really untenable with their customer service and their notifications and these outages and that kind of thing yeah, but what I really w- yeah, definitely, but what I really wish they would just do is just charge me 25 or 30 dollars a month and go back to the way things were. I know me and my girlfriend would stick with it. Okay, that, that's also good to know. Like wondering like what the highest you would do is for like nothing, but like cuz I feel like part of part, the last point I'll make is I'll, I think part of the problem initially was that like cuz I don't actually think they were profitable. I, I had always assumed like oh this is too good to be true the 10 dollars a month thing, but like if, if if it fails they can just go back to what it was before when I was paying 30 or 40 and then it'll be fine. But I read stories that said they weren't profitable at that point, but I'm wondering if there's enough people that just didn't know what it was at that point where it's like there was just an untapped consumer base where that they did, that did not have the awareness of the product and now that they do they they knew that they would still go see enough a month and they it's in their uh it's within their budget to go for 35 a month and if enough people would stick with it that just didn't know what movie pass was 2 years ago that hey they could survive if they just went to 30 a month like i don't know like did they yeah. they would just have a lot they had 20,000 subscribers when it was $30 a month maybe now they would have 120,000 just because everyone I mean, knows what it is 
yeah, now they have 2 million plus subscribers. And I mean, how many, a lot of those gyms and the whole mentality is that you get people to sign up for something pretty cheap and then you can change the price. <laughs> people who are going to go out of their way to cancel are so pretty long. low. It's pretty, a lot yeah. of people won't go out of their way to cancel and they'll just stick with it and say, Oh, I already signed up for this. You know, what's, what's $15 more a month or something. Um, I could easily see them doing that. Say even, you know, they have 2 million plus subscribers in the United States right now. Say that, you know, they raise it to $30. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, only 50% of the people canceled. That leaves you with still a million people at least who want to pay $30 a month. That's much better than they're doing now. Got it. All right, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. I've wanted to get your perspective on it because I know you've thought about this stuff a lot, and you're For in a pretty sure, unique man. situation from most of the people I talk to about movies. Just, it's just so weird to have a city that just like three theaters and nothing yeah. else. And I, I want to know what your up. yeah, I want to know kind of where your priorities are at and what 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 you were weighing, how your cost benefit analysis was going because I think it's interesting for people to hear from. No, it's a good topic, and, and we, my girlfriend and I talk about it all the time. When I told her that we were doing this, she's like, "Oh yeah, we were literally just talking about that today." Because I was talking last night about telling her to say, telling her to go see. Uh, don't worry, they won't get far on foot because we, you know, we can't go see, you know, Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible you can see that. So, yeah, gotcha. so, yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, anytime, dude. That was this was good for sure. And hopefully, I'll go see some more movies after we move on Monday. Let me, I'm going to check my movie pass app right now and to see if they'll let me even see Mission Impossible on a, you know, a Wednesday after it came out. So, uh, good luck with that. All right, thanks, yeah, man. I, know, I appreciate right? appreciate you joining yeah, us. All right, next I'm going to bring on someone who I already talked a lot about MoviePass with in my second or third episode of The Rewind, and that's uh, my old friend Adam Schick. Adam, how's it going? Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me back. I, I love MoviePass. Is, I spend at least 40% of my time talking about MoviePass these days, so this is uh... – this is commonplace for I'm, me. I'm glad that you probably have your thoughts pretty well organized then. So I, and it, it's such a, it is a really interesting thing to talk about. And I think some of what we talked about a few weeks ago has actually been fairly prescient because I posed that question to you on the podcast like, hey, maybe Movie Passion just increased their prices. And then you made the point, well, then they're just going to turn into AMC Stubbs A-list. And that, sure enough, here we are about a month later, and their prices are now uh, $15. And not only that, though, they're stopping people from seeing big release movies uh, for the first couple of weeks. And they are doing this peak pricing, which we thought was just going to be like, hey, maybe you got to pay $3 to see Jurassic World opening night and extra, and that was it. And it's become something way more inconsistent without clear guidelines. And it's just been a whole new animal, and it's making people really question, like, do I want to stick with this or do I want to do something else? So, but I'm, I'm trying to, because I'm trying to get perspectives on a lot of people from Movie Pass. I first want to ask you because you talked a little bit about it on the first podcast. You said you've been going to everything now because you have Movie Pass. And what, what, how, how much did Movie Pass increase your consumption though uh, initially once you got it versus what you were seeing before? Uh, a ton. Really? I mean, yeah, I, I think like I read an article the other day on the Ringer. It was about the the summer. Uh, phenomenon of the documentary explosion right and at no point in that article did it mention movie pass which in my mind that is solely because of movie pass i saw we have a, a regal theater here they took over an old independent theater and they just show they just show you know, smaller indie films and that theater is showing currently rbg won't you be my neighbor and three dead ankle strangers 
So obviously, if I if I open my app, I can't see anything at that theater anymore because I saw all three of those. Without Movie Pass, I would not have gone to a theater to see any of those. Exactly. This is a great. This is a great example too. It's this is very relevant. So Sunday was my first experience of having Movie Pass fail oh. when I was intending to use it. Yeah. And I was at the theater, and we were going to see Sorry to Bother You. I was going to see it with my girlfriend, who also has Movie Pass. The plan was to see Sorry to Bother You. Movie Pass fail. Yeah. Our choice was. Do we use points, which is, I guess, the equivalent of paying out of pocket, use our regal points we've stockpiled, or do we just not see anything? And we actually chose to just not see it because we said that's not worth seeing in a theater if we have to pay for it. But we ended up doing, and this also goes back to the whole conundrum here, we ended up using points plus paying an upcharge to see Mission Impossible in a premium format. It goes back to people ultimately without a subscription model will likely just go to theaters to see their big blockbusters because you don't, you quote, don't need to see an independent movie or a documentary on the big screen. Well, it depends on what the independent movie or documentary is. Like some might just be visually very impressive movies that are gained by seeing and you have something to gain by seeing them on the big screen you obviously have something to gain by seeing fallout on the big screen but rbg sorry to bother you won't you be my neighbor really enjoyed all to see i don't need to see ruth Bader ginsburg at at, you know 30 feet high i mean it was great but i don't need it yeah exactly like that thing's gonna be on netflix eventually and then you can be happy with it but if it's there you may as well go see it and i think that's really interesting you brought up that ringer piece because i read it too and it's true it's like they, they didn't mention it but like probably the same calculus for a lot of people it's like i, I enjoyed three identical strangers sorry to bother you rbg but or not sorry about rbg and won't you be my neighbor but like I, I just don't really need to go there for it but so you're you're closest to a regal though is that correct yeah and if there were i've thought i've talked about this a lot lately with friends especially friends in the area and, and you know i'm in atlanta which is to say in the area you could be in one part of town and have only AMCs, another part of town have only Regals, or another part of town have none of the above. Uh, I'm in a part of town where if Regal introduced their own subscription service tomorrow, I would be on that tomorrow. But for some reason, uh, they're refusing to be, you know, part of the future of the movie business, and they're going to get stuck with, uh, with with their pants down pretty soon. Well, how far are you from an AMC or a Cinemark or, I guess, those two? Well, see, it's interesting because I'm actually I just passed uh, the closest AMC to me on my way home here, and it's not that terribly far. But it ultimately comes back to selection, right? The AMC I just passed is a 14 screen AMC, and they're not going to have my smaller movies that I want to see. They're not going to have limited releases. They've only got my blockbusters, which is great. I need to see my blockbusters. But the Regal that's close by is a 24-screen Regal. Wow. Okay. If that were a 24-screen AMC, I'd probably be on, on Stubbs A-list. But it, I think it all depends on geography, you know, as far as w- what choice you make with MoviePass being so unreliable and, and seemingly sl- dying a, a slow and painful for everybody death. Well, the question I'm posing to everyone, though, is let's say it's a very slow death and it's not coming anytime soon, at least for the foreseeable future. It survives in this current incarnation where how, how, how much of a premium do you put on seeing your blockbusters, as you put it, early? Like, do you, is it worth it for you because you don't get those smaller movies at the MC to just stick with MoviePass and see stuff a little later? Well, the challenge is, I mean, what do you consider a little later, right? Like, if you, at, least, if, at least two weeks, like movie passes. Right, we're not right, gonna right. But, but the problem is, if they're, if they're saying it's any movie that's released on a thousand screens or more, 
that's most movies that people want to see. So I, I, my, my challenge with movie pass and, and I'm not like, you know, I know a few people, one person in particular who like cheers the death of movie pass. He's like, I can't wait. And he, he literally brags about going to the theater every day, going to Regal every day, buying a ticket and not actually seeing the movie just to stockpile points. What a, what a, and then what a horrible also, person. I'm sure he's a right, nice guy, but I mean, what a horrible thing to do. I know exactly. And then also says, Oh, I canceled immediately. They're terrible. And I was like, why, you know, MoviePass has been so, so great, and I'm, I'm inclined to give them a shot to figure this out. Now, I'm, I'm very skeptical that they're going to be able to do that, but my feeling is maybe they just need a little more time to tinker. But if they tinker too much, I, I don't know what's left. I mean, if you have, if you have the increased price, you've got no thousand screen releases for two weeks, and you've got peak pricing, and... They also said this sort of slipped under the, the radar. I don't think, unless I'm misinterpreting this, they also said that there are going to be some show times that won't be available for movies. So check the app to see if a show time. I yeah. mean, at a point, what are you know, what what are we looking at at a certain point? Right. That's. I think that's the biggest issue they have is I I fully understand needing to strip things back to survive and and stay viable, but. I mean, we're getting to the point where it's like a, a Reese's peanut butter cup that has no peanut butter in it. Like so what, you know, it's not, it's not even remotely what it's supposed to be anymore. So it sounds like you're kind of at the point where it's like, you're going to stick it out for now, but if they keep messing with it more, then you're going to have to seriously consider this jumping ship. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think so. Cause again, like at a point it, it's, you know, it's funny. It seems like what it's turning into because ultimately the only thing they've really had success doing is getting money to promote independent films and try and drive people with the idea of, hey, go see this because you're not paying for it, right, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. It seems like what it's headed toward is inevitably just being a subscription service for independent films. And I, you know, I think there could be a good business there for them. Uh, you would subscribe. Yeah. I guess I would subscribe. But their, you know, their goal to be the behemoth that they always claimed they were on track to be with hitting five million, that, I mean, that's gone. That, that, unless they can do something drastically different, I think that dream is dead because they can't scale. If you're not able to offer people access to, to you know, the movies they want to see, you're not going to be able to scale. Was, so they just, they've made too many missteps in my mind to this point to be able to be a, a more boutique service, which is inevitably the only way they could possibly survive. Yeah, and I can't remember if I made this point when we did the first podcast about it, but I, I was just talking to Graham about it, and Graham had stayed with it when it was $30 a month He originally. That's what it was like three years ago when I first got it. And then in the middle of 2016, they raised prices to $50 a month, so then he left. He came back when it went to nine ninety five. He said he'd gladly pay 30 if they just did that, no restrictions. And I wonder if 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 the if their problem initially maybe was that they only had 20,000 subscribers if there was an untapped market out there that just didn't know what it was and if there's enough people now that might pay even a price point that high to make it more than just an independent film service i don't know the answer to that and i don't know if that's too much tinkering for them to just jump it that high but if it but that, that that's something that like i would selfishly hope they would try to do um, but if not, like I said, I, it would probably be worth it for me just to use it as an independent film service. But I'm not trying to get into people's wallets here and ask them to disclose all their finances. But I'm curious, like, it, it w- would you go to it if it was just, all right, I can use it for my regals to, if, and only see the independent stuff, go twice a month. 
it's still worth it for me to pay $15 a month just as an independent service. Would you then do that and then something like AMC A-List? Or is that more? Is, that, is it not worth it for you to do quite that – to invest quite that much into the movie-going experience? Yeah, see, I think then at that point your numbers are just getting too high. I mean the appeal of MoviePass was how cheap it was. There's no question. And there's a reason that it was a real niche service when it was 30 and $40 a month and 50 and became ubiquitous when it went to 10 People love the great deal and the idea that it is just like Netflix but for movies. Mm-hmm. But ultimately it's not sustainable that way. So – yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, there's the thing people don't realize: you can get creative and see movies without spending a lot of money. I mean, you can go. AMC's got five dollar ticket Tuesdays. There's uh, buy one get one deals that AT and T does at any theater. Just in, in general, most movies. most theaters outside of New York have matinees for less than ten bucks too. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's theaters. There's a you know one of the advantages. Another thing that is a, a, in terms of geography affecting your decision making. One of the reasons that I'm more inclined to stick with it as well is that we have two here where I live in Atlanta, two studio movie grills within 20 to 25 minutes. Studio Movie Grill is one of the partner theaters with MoviePass. We can reserve seats and no peak pricing because they're a partner. So if you have the only way MoviePass right now is really viable if you actually want to see any movie you want is if you're near a partner theater because the partner theaters don't have peak pricing. They don't have these restrictions because the whole point of it is they're trying to drive you to their partner theaters to show that they have, you know, they have market power. They haven't done that effectively enough. But if you're in a place where the, there are partner theaters, you can still see any movie you want. I saw Mission Impossible the other night. You know, I saw. I should preface that I saw it two nights in a row because I saw it on my own dime in premium format at Regal, and then I went and saw it again on MoviePass at Studio Movie Grill. So, I think the calculus of whether or not you stick with MoviePass right now depends largely not on not just on what theaters are around you, but which ones they are. Right, I mean, it makes sense because, and I just haven't really had that option. Like, I keep seeing them talk about this e-ticket thing every time the apps crash. They're like, you can still go to the e-ticket place, and right. I don't think there's a single, there's one e-ticket theater I think in Miami, and that's all there is between Miami-Dade County, Broward County, and Palm Beach County. As big as many movie theaters as there are, there just aren't a lot up here. So I haven't had that opportunity. But like, I guess that's what they've been banking on is people wanting to partner with them, giving them a cut of ticket sales, and I think they were counting on more people or more theaters being willing to do that than has been the case. And if they could strike a few more deals, maybe that would be good for their longevity. Well, and I think right now the only thing that could probably save them long term, and I don't think it would happen, but it's, it's not the worst idea that I've ever had. Um, I've had I think I've had worse ones today, actually. <laughs> um, I think and, – and maybe this is what's happening because the only, ex, the only explanation I can think of for why Regal – is sitting out of the subscription game when AMC is running laps around them is that maybe Regal has some plan to buy movie pass when it gets even cheaper. I don't know how it could be much cheaper now because it's stock is worth virtually nothing. So my, my great idea for Regal is to buy movie pass, acquire all of that data and then make it essentially a Regal branded service. And then they can compete in the subscription game with AMC because I was tweeting about this the other day. Uh, I think half the tweets I sent out now are probably about I – don't, I don't send out many tweets these days. Most of them are about MoviePass. But what's going to happen is – and it's happening right now. I know lots of people that have already left MoviePass, and it, I can't fault them for it because the service – you go to the theater now, and you don't know if it's going to work or not on, on a given day. Right. Um, 
But you have people, it's essentially like, I, I tried to think about a metaphor of what's happening right now. You basically have, uh, there's a, an orange, there's an orange soda. Let's, let's, let's use orange soda because I can think of three of those. So you have one orange soda. Uh, let's say that, that Fanta stopped production, mm-hmm. right? And there's Sunkist and there's Crush. Sunkist is right at the front door of all the people who are waiting to buy a Fanta. And all of the, the crush people are, like, nowhere to be seen. Well, w- which one of the orange sodas do you think is going to gain all the market share once Fanta is gone? It, it's going to be the Sunkiss because they were there ready to scoop up the people who wanted orange soda. Well, so in this you scenario— all, you, So I'm saying maybe—I might have overcomplicated it. Uh, no, but in, in, in this is, scenario, if Regal, Regal, if Regal needs to be them. a player. If Regal buys MoviePass, are you saying that they would subsidize people going to other theaters? Maybe, yeah, it might at that point then have to just, or, or no, you, what you could do is make it so Regal is more attractive by offering the e-ticketing and offering those benefits, but it, Regal sort of takes it over. Gotcha. Maybe still have the option to go to other theaters. I don't know what that, that wouldn't be in their interest except to keep people on board to say, well, you can go to any theater here as opposed to just AMCs. But regardless, Regal has to have a plan because right now it doesn't seem like they do, which makes them a lot like MoviePass over the course of the last year. It seems like Regal is just waiting out, and I don't know what they're waiting out. Because AMC, I just saw an interview today with uh, with their CEO, who said that you know yesterday they announced they have 175,000 subscribers to A-list wow. in you know five weeks. They added 15,000 more since they made that announcement. I mean, everyone is going for everyone who's leaving MoviePass is either going to that column or they're sitting out. But that means no one's going in the regal column, and those are going to be all people. That's 180,000-some people and who are now only going to AMC theaters. And so, well, some of, them, some of those people might have been in uh, cities that only had AMCs to begin with, but they also— That's, that's a good point. But, that's but, a good point. But, but also, I mean, there's, I, I just talked to some people that live in Jacksonville for this podcast, and they live like, across the street from a Cinemark, basically. But they also have uh, an AMC and Regal that are – or an AMC maybe 10, 15 minutes from them and a Regal not too much further. And they're just – they're going to go to the Re- AMC if that's what they decide to do. You know, it's like in, in this – or people in Atlanta that are geographically situated a little different from you and maybe equidistant or just don't really aren't, – aren't as discerning with w- which one offers the independent movies. They're probably just going to pick AMC also, and they are – Regal is going to mm-hmm. lose, that, lose that a lot on them. So I, I, my last question for you is because I don't, don't want to keep you too much longer is it, it sounds like at this point you, you're – just as far as your movie-going habits, at least as things currently stand on the landscape, you think you're still going to be able to make it to just about as much things as you were. It's just going to take a little more creativity and a little more work. Yeah, it's a, that's a good way to put it. But again, I'm, you know, I'm a couple more – attempted check-ins away from saying what's the point i mean movie pass i saw it today i don't know what they do at movie pass <laughs> i don't know what happens on a daily basis they're so so bad on social media they're so bad at communicating they're, 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 tweeting, out GIFs and memes. they're tweeting out gifs and memes like nothing's wrong <laughs> right today they tweeted out it was uh it was uh you know it, can we do this? And then it was Vince Vaughn from old school doing the rings, right? Like we can, you know, we're, and then and then had a had a quote retweet. It said, "We're just getting started." Like oh. before you start bragging about what you're gonna do, you know, they're 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 like Alexander Hamilton, like just you wait. Well, no, why, why don't you do it first? Then we'll wait to see what you do next. I, I'm just I'm concerned about their viability because they can't seem to get their core business in order at the moment, and until they can do that. I don't know how they're going to avoid shedding subscribers because, you know, at the moment, 
They just every other day, you just don't know if it's going to work or not. And the thing that MoviePass has always had going for it, what made it so successful and skyrocket the way that it did was price and convenience. Now they're losing price and they're also losing convenience. And if they lose both of those factors, I just don't see how people are going to stay with them because at that point they'll either just say, well, I'm staying home like I used to, or they'll, they'll jump ship. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point because, like I said, I, I might end up doing both that and AMC just because of the convenience. I, I end up driving a lot around South Florida, south of Palm Beach, and th- there's not really any AMC south of the one I live next to. But I, if I just had, like, when I saw three identical strangers at an indie theater about 30 miles south of here when I was coming from a, a family dinner 50 miles south of here, I was just able to hit it on the way back before it had gone wide. And I like that convenience, and it's the one thing that's keeping me with MoviePass. But, I mean, if, if, I, if I end up paying for a service that, like, is this not working, then it's, it's, I'm just not going to see the point, even if, in theory, I see the benefits of it. So, I, Adam, I appreciate the time. Uh, next time, hopefully, we'll just be able to talk about a good movie without the stress of having to know uh, whether our movie theater-going experiences are going to be uh, hindered or threatened by all these inept corporations. But I, uh, I appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Okay, next I'm bringing on a friend of mine who is actually the person who suggested this whole entire idea for a podcast, uh, Sean Quinn, who is in New York City. Sean, how's it going? Doing well. How are you, Josh? Good. Thanks for joining me. So I'm really glad you suggested this podcast because it's kind of been an interesting exercise talking to all the different people about the challenges they face. And you're a very unique person to talk to out of everyone else I'm talking to because you're in New York City, which is its whole other animal when it comes to movie theaters and different options that you have. And I, what, but what I'm starting out asking everyone is, is their relationship with the theater going experience and what it was before movie pass and what it was after. So can you kind of put into perspective, like how often you were going beforehand, if at all, given the, I understandably, it'd be understandable if you weren't going to the movies a lot, given the prices of New York city movie tickets and, uh, what changed with movie pass and how often you've been going since you got movie pass. Sure. I think that I would consider myself a kind of infrequent moviegoer prior to MoviePass. Um, I always tried to be aware of what was happening around award season. But beyond that, um, you know, I really would only go maybe occasionally for a big blockbuster release. Um, A lot of times I really just kind of hoped for things to make the streaming services. Uh, I was never really a big, you know, uh, adherent of like the theater experience um, until I got MoviePass. And then it kind of... Honestly, uh, you know, I think this is probably a common you're hearing too good true. Um, when I first, you know, bought into the deal, when the, the prices shot down, I knew MoviePass was around before that. But when the promo began, um, it just felt like too good of a deal to pass up. And I knew that when I got MoviePass, some of the theaters that I had noticed but had not gone to were not on MoviePass at that time. Right. Um, they were added a few months after, a few weeks is after. That, is that stuff like Alamo Draft House or like Landmark or things like that that they only have in New York is what you're referring to? Or? Yeah, yeah. Specifically, I knew that there was an Alamo Draft House near me, and I loved everything. I know Alamo has had an interesting year um, given some of the internal turmoil, but yeah. uh, just like the way that they kind of displayed their theater and everything made me want to go, especially after not going to theaters for a while. Um, but they were not a movie pass off the jump. They worked with MoviePass very quickly after that promo started to be on there. Um, and I think what I really what really just kind of drove me to to getting involved with it was the fact that there were so many indie and local theaters here in New York were cost prohibitive really to go on a regular time that now inside this ten dollars a month subscription, I could go much more often. 
Right. So now that we're and you mentioned before that you maybe go to a blockbuster movie every once in a while, and that's the rub here with these changes that MoviePass has gone on gone under the last few days, where it's like now they're going to make people wait maybe two weeks to see that big blockbuster, but. Now you say that you've gotten more into going to these indie theaters, and that seems like where more of the value is going to be had with MoviePass going forward. So would you almost say that uh, even with all these challenges, maybe there's more value for someone like you who lives in New York to kind of stick it out to the end with MoviePass because it seems like maybe some of the options that aren't going to be blocked and maybe won't as frequently be on peak pricing, you can find a little easier than someone not living in New York. I think that's right. I think really going ahead – with the price change going from 10 to $15 a month. Uh, the movie theater I frequent the most is the Alamo Draft House in downtown Brooklyn. Their first run theater, their shows are still $16. Ooh. So <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, and that's not even talking about getting the food and cocktails and all the offers that they have there. So I think in the grand scheme of things, that's actually still a deal for me, especially because I found that once I had Movie Pass, I started seeing films that I didn't expect to be seeing. I think like everyone, I sure saw Infinity War and some of the bigger blockbusters there. But I also saw, you know, very small, locally distributed independent films. I went to some more art house theaters um, and kind of saw those movies that otherwise would not be the big first run blockbusters because why not? It was already kind of taken care of in the movie past subscription. A lot of times I didn't have to fight the crowds to get a ticket um, for those, you know, screenings compared to the bigger shows. Uh, and, and there are multiple times that I went to go see a bigger show found it was sold out, and then picked one of the smaller movies or one of the not first-run blockbusters uh, instead and really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think you put the movie – that was the other thing I was going to ask you to do is just put the New York City theater ticket prices like into perspective for any listeners that haven't seen movies there recently. I, I um, And I think that's pretty standard though. Like I mean I – I, I, I mean, I try and make it to New York like once a year, and I, I, I like seeing a movie while I'm there that hasn't made it other places. When I was there in December, I saw I, Tanya, and that was – I went to the uh, the Village East Cinemas on the uh, in the East Village, and it was like $15 a ticket. So it's it's kind of the same thing there, and I, I, I don't know. Like I, it's been a couple years now since I've been to like an AMC in New York, but I'd imagine it's pretty similar there, right? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I'm in an interesting spot. I'm currently living in Brooklyn, and as a friend pointed out, there aren't any AMC or Regal theaters in Brooklyn. Really? But I but I do work in in Union Square, Manhattan, and literally across the street yeah, the from both from the AMC right there. There's that Village East, like you mentioned, but also Regal. Right. So, it, but, but can I cut you off there for one second? Sure. Did, did, sure. did Movie Pass put them back on the app? Because I know that they were part of the experiment, right? Yeah, so I got pretty lucky that um, the AMC theater that was affected in New York, or I believe it was AMC, it might have been a Regal, was in Times Square. Oh, was so it, was, it wasn't the it Union. Wasn't, oh, okay. wasn't in Union Square, thankfully. Gotcha. So th- I did see that. I mean, I saw that that issue happen because I knew that even when my parents came to town and stayed near Central Park, that that Times Square theater was the first one for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously, again, that was part of the experiment, and it did get added back. I do know that for a fact. Okay, so but, that, that's not really an issue. So it's still right there for you at work. Sure. I think um, – but at the same point, you mentioned Village East, which is only a few blocks away, and then there's also Cinema Village, um, which for, for fun fact is is the theater that was used as the porno theater in The Departed. Huh. Uh, but um, but that theater shows a lot of art house, uh, older movies, things like that, and that was on MoviePass as well. So the ability to go see those things, which are not the first runs, or even seeing movies – I know I use my MoviePass to see Get Out. Um, after it had finished its normal theatrical run, Alamo brought it back for a night and also used my movie pass to go see a special screening of boys in the hood 
that the ACLU was putting on in Brooklyn. So I think the ability to kind of go see some of those movies that aren't first run in a theater experience is something that I still enjoy with it. Uh, I don't know, of course, how long it'll last, right. but I do actually, it, it hasn't necessarily scared me away from getting rid of movie pass just yet. So given these new parameters, it sounds like you'll stick with it. Let's just say the customer service continues to just really, really uh, kind of struggle. Like you have it, you have a few trips to the movies where all of a sudden your showtime's not there or something like that. Would you, is that the one thing that might push you away or like, are, are, are you think you might just be ride or die for a little bit longer? And if that was the case, like, would you try would you consider AMC a list given where you work or do you not see this see that many movies where you work? And, uh, what's kind of your thought process there given that I guess you are, like you said, you conveniently work near an AMC if it did come to that. Yeah. And, and again, I do have some friends who live in the city near a larger AMC as well. And some of those friends who are on movie pass are very close to that AMC. So that does kind of influence me that if I do feel like there's sufficient, sufficient, like degradation, degradate, degradate, degradation. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. With, uh, with movie pass that that might be an option. Um, I'm also really, I I'm hooked on, uh, the Alamo near me, but there is a Nighthawk theater. Um, that's yeah, I saw you opening. talking about that on Facebook. So what exactly is Nighthawk? Like, how does that compare to something like an Alamo draft house? Sure. I think it is, um, basically kind of like a local version, if that makes any sense. If Alamo has kind of continued to develop their reputation into becoming kind of a regional chain, um, and, you know, growing and growing and growing Nighthawk currently is only in Williamsburg. Uh, they do similar things that, that Alamo does in regards to pairing like food and drinks to movies. Right. Um, specifically they don't, I don't think they offer a full menu. They might, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure of that, but I know that, that, that a big thing for them is basically positioning, you know, uh, food and drink that is related to the movies that they're showing and pairing those things. That's interesting. So right now it's only in Williamsburg, but I literally just walked by the Park Slope location that's in construction. It's, it's literally a walk from my apartment. So that's, that's something I would consider. I know Alamo is working on their own AMC version, something called Alamo Season Pass, that they're only using they're, – they're in beta right now in Yonkers. <laughs> so that's, that's not exactly super close to me, but if that develops, that might be something I'm, I'm interested in. They've been a little cagey about details with it. As it's in beta, I think they're testing various price points. But for me, I think – I, I'm going to stay with MoviePass until I really feel that there's an experience, until there's that experience that really just kind of drives me up a wall, or I feel that it just becomes not worth the value anymore. Uh, the closest I've gotten on that front was on on Sunday. Yeah. I, um, I'm i really lucky that my church is in the same building as the Alamo Drafthouse. <laughs> so I have a routine of going to church and then going upstairs to the movies and then getting groceries at Trader Joe's downstairs. It's a perfect little routine. That's but some, I noticed that's the most Brooklyn sentence I've ever heard. If I, I heard, I, it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I love it so much. Um, but I went to go after church service and I was going to go see three identical strangers, which obviously has been getting a lot of play, yeah. but is not exactly, you know, mission impossible. Right. Right. Um, and I noticed that every single screening at the Alamo, and this is at 1130 on a Sunday, which I know is still a peak time, but like, we're not talking about, you know, kind of an evening movie or anything like that, or even the middle of the day. Every single screening for the rest of the day at Alamo was on peak pricing, with the exception of a rescreening of Yellow Submarine at noon. Huh. So every every movie that wasn't Yellow Submarine was on peak pricing. And that, to me, 
And it wasn't just, oh, pay $3 or five. It was $8 to see three identical strangers. And I looked on the Alamo app and saw that there were plenty of seats. It was, it was, so, oh, it was an $8 peak pricing surcharge. That's correct. Yeah, exactly. That's insane when you pay almost that much for a month. I'm, I'm on the annual plan. So I, I, I haven't had to deal with the peak pricing yet. I'll have to cross that bridge in November when the annual plan comes up. Sure. But I, I didn't realize they were going that high. I'd heard like six, eight is, now, yeah. I wonder if it's a regional thing. I wonder if maybe they knew Sunday. A lot of people go to the movies, but I would expect that for maybe a Mission Impossible or even in a in a theater like the Alamo, maybe a Sorry to Bother You or a Blind Spotting. Some of those movies that are in at that point, I think we're still in limited release. Maybe Sorry to Bother You had just gone wide, but but you know we're in high demand. Three Identical Strangers had been there for a couple of weeks, so I was surprised to see it still also net that high that high surcharge yeah i'd still recommend like keeping an eye out for when the price goes down because like i really like thread ankle strangers and i i think you'd uh you'd probably get a lot out of it and like one of, one of the other things i was going to ask you is like whether like you're you're unique and out of all the people i'm talking to and that you live in a city that like has public transportation like does that does that factor into it at all just like or is it like too unpredictable because the subway's been having problems like can you are you more apt to just keep movie pass if you knew you could get from place to place easily and utilize all of the different theaters or um does that really not factor in and it's just like if i find like if alamo draft house has a perfect deal i'll just do that yeah i think i'm a little bit of a brand loyalist to alamo but at the same time i know that like the brooklyn academy of music which has its own cinema is literally one subway stop away I know that I could go a few more subway stops and meet in the financial district of Manhattan and have a whole bunch more opportunities with theaters there, including like an IPIC uh, and also the AMC and Regals there. So I think that that having that subway access and public transit being very easy, especially having friends uh, kind of dispersed throughout the city, makes that easier. I could think, you know, since I've had Movie Pass, I think I've gone to maybe six or seven different theaters in the city. That's the thing. So- I'm wondering about like that convenience factor. It's like I live literally. 200 feet from an amc but i might even end up doing both just be, like keep sticking with amc and doing movie pass because I, I know i go to the movies enough that i was getting my money's worth of movie pass when it was 45 dollars a month so if i can do it for 35 like i still like the option of just like being able to go to another theater it just might be the easiest thing any given day where i happen to be in south florida you know so that's right i didn't that that same kind of there's i mean it's i don't have public transportation but like there there are maybe that many different types of companies that have theaters down here similar to new york and it's like is that convenience worth more to me than just like having one stop shop i don't know right no i and that makes total sense i think like that's actually it's funny you mentioned that because that is my hesitation towards if the alamo season pass does make its way to to the brooklyn theater or, or goes wide if it's a similar rate to amc i'm certainly intrigued by it because i go to so many movies at alamo but I do really like the ability to have the flexibility to go elsewhere, especially that Nighthawk that I mentioned in Prospect Park will be in walking distance. It's beautiful. It's right next to the park. Um, it's a classic theater, not to mention that we that, that in New York, especially the Metrograph is expanding. Um, the, oh, I, the not the Film Society, but one of our downtown theaters, City Cinema, I believe, just like renovated and opened today. And they have more, you know, uh, first run, but otherwise obscure films, I think the ability to go elsewhere is really beneficial in MoviePass. And if it does go the way of the Dodo, I'd be really sad to see it. Um, But that also does keep me less inclined to go to an AMC Stubbs package off the bat because I really just want the availability to go to those other theaters and see other movies. And last question. So how how much is that uh, first weekend blockbuster experience does that mean much to you? Like I, I kind of I might have asked you that earlier in the podcast, but I'm not sure. It's like, I mean, it sounds like 
your those other benefits for now that MoviePass has probably outweigh being able to like go see Mission Impossible on day one or three, even. Yeah, you know it's funny you say that. I don't know that I have seen a blockbuster on the first weekend this year. I definitely waited uh, a whole bunch to see Avengers, right. um, which which was actually kind of convenient. My my uncle and I ended up at the same screening by chance. Huh. Um, but the only movie I could actually think of where I've done that was unintentional. And I think I saw Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado, um, on opening night with MoviePass, and that was a spur-of-the-moment choice. So I, for me, that, that first weekend is not a big deal. Um, there are certainly movies where I would want that. I think I really wanted to see Sorry to Bother You on the first weekend. Um, but, but for me, it, it, it's not a huge, it's not a huge selling point. Well, it's interesting to hear that. Cause when I first heard that movie pass was going to do that, I was like, Oh, that sounds terrible. Like why, who, who would want to wait two weeks to see the biggest thing? But I realized I was coming, I was coming at that from a limited perspective as someone that does a movie podcast and I want to get these things out in a timely of manner. Course. So I'm always trying to see this stuff early and then find someone else who was seeing that thing early. And I, I should have realized that wasn't the case because I actually had a lot of trouble finding like anyone that saw Ant-Man the first few nights that might speak That's more right. to just Marvel fatigue. But at the same sure. time, it's like, it's, the movie's still like a bit still a big movie and a lot of people weren't making it a priority in those first few nights i think they might just value being able to do what's best for their wallet if even if it like they have to wait for two weeks so be it you know yeah and it's funny i think you know maybe this is just my my taste changing i still see you know most of the mcu movies um and, and those superhero movies when they come out those kind of big summer blockbusters but i at this point in my life am more inclined to want to see a movie like eighth grade on the first weekend or before it's you know in wide release than some of these larger blockbusters. Well, I had to pay out of pocket for eighth grade on Sunday, but it was worth it. It's really good. So, okay, uh, excellent. Definitely keep it on your list. Um, Sean, I think we pretty well covered it. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And again, I appreciate you giving me this suggestion. I hope, um, assuming that like uh, our schedules line up and you're able to at least see some stuff early with whatever uh, method you end up going with, you'll come back and talk about movies at some point. Yeah, it sounds great. Thanks so much, Josh. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Now I'm going from the East Coast to the West Coast, and I'm joined by my friend Joe Morgan, who was on the second ever episode of The Rewind talking about Incredibles 2 and Ocean's 8. Joe, how's it going? Uh, Going fine. I'm doing better than Movie Pass, that's for sure. Yeah, most people are, um, or people might just feel bad because MoviePass is doing bad like I did when I paid like $30 last weekend to watch movies, which is like more money than I put into paying for movies in like the last year since I'm on the MoviePass annual plan. But uh, enough of my problems. Uh, first, very because these are all first world problems, but like I don't, people don't want to hear me talk because at this point in the podcast, they might have been listening to me talk for an hour and a half. Anyway, uh, Joe, I feel like we've been doing the podcast now for like uh, periodically. You've been doing the podcast with me now. It took forever to get you on the first one, but I mean, now we've done them pretty consistently since basically almost March of last year, I guess. Um, I don't remember when exactly you got MoviePass. Did you get it before it went to ten dollars a month? Uh, no, I was one of the uh, first $10 a month. Okay, because I felt like you got it pretty early on. A lot of people, I guess you had been hearing me talk about it, and you, so you yeah. knew it wasn't like a scam. A lot of people were like, too good to be true. And then they right. like just waited way too long, probably regret it now, and didn't get the most out of it. Um, how much would you say you were making it to the movies before versus after you got it? So uh, I guess one thing that's unique for me is that like I am like working in the entertainment industry, and like a lot of... Um, 
conversation and things that go on is really based around like the movies and what's coming out. So uh, whenever there was something big coming out, I would try to see it just so, you know, you'd have something to talk about on Monday, but right. um, I was probably going to the movies like, you know, twice a month okay. before we pass. And then, um, you know, once I got movie pass, it became a pretty regular thing. I think I was going like every week and sometimes multiple times a week. Uh, I think I hit my peak like in January where I was trying to squeeze in all the best picture nominees. And I think I saw something like 15 or 16 movies in January. Dang. I don't even know if I've ever done that in a month. Um, it was, it was insane. Yeah. So <laughs> well, no, I, like, I'm, I'm just trying to get a sense for all the guests I'm having, like what they, uh, what, what they, uh, what they were doing before and how it kind of changed their movie going habits. Um, how, how would you describe where you're located within the greater Los Angeles area? Like what, is there like a go-to like chain or theater that's closer to you than anything else? Or are you closer to something that's like a independent theater? Well, um, I've actually kind of been all around. So I guess like, uh, I live in Burbank right now and there's like some AMCs within walking distance. So usually the AMC is where I would go. Um, there are arc light theaters out here, which actually weren't eligible that aren't eligible for movie pass. And they kind of show some of the limited releases that New York and LA get before everybody else. So I've been there a couple of times and paid full price, but usually I end up at the AMC. So, so they, so they never got, they never even like, it wasn't like they just started out without it and then got onto movie pass. Those, those ones where you would see any limited release are still not on movie pass. As far as I know, yeah, I've never seen them on the app. Well, 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 they have Landmark, right, in Los Angeles, or are you not really near any of them? Yeah, there's a there's Landmarks out here, and um, yeah, I, I did notice that during the outage, like, end of last week and beginning of this week when we're recording, obviously, uh, the Landmark was still offering e-ticketing, and it was, like, the only place where you could see a new release uh, during that blackout period out here well i'm glad you you have an interesting setup then which allows me to ask you like hypotheticals that make more sense than what i've been trying to do to other people i guess because if amc is like the closest thing to you you know amc is has offered the best alternative so far to movie pass with this amc stubs a list but i didn't know my question i was going to pose to someone like you where it's like you like going to see like the independent movies i'm sure and I don't know how close you are to the landmark, but I'm also wondering, I was going to ask you about like LA traffic because that's obviously a pretty notorious thing. And it's like, yeah. it's the fact that like that landmark in theory might be closer to you than it actually is given the traffic. Cause I was going to be like, well, it might be worth it for someone in Los Angeles. who can see more independent movies that might not be subject to the blackouts that they're going to now start doing for like the big releases. Like you might be able to get more value out of something that's like $15 a month. Or is it just like so hard to get around in LA that if the movie pass, uh, customer service and outages issues and customer service issues, outages, all that stuff continues. Are you just going to kind of be like motivated to join AMC Stubbs a list? Yeah. So I've kind of been weighing this for a bit and, uh, like traffic is bad and you have to sit in the car for a while. Like, um, I guess where the landmark is, I would probably have to sit in the car for a, uh, an undesirable amount of time to go to the movies. Right. That said, it, it could be done. And like, I guess this is motivated more out of my own laziness than <laughs> like when I have so many options that are so much closer. So I'm kind of waiting to see what uh, Movie Pass rolls out in, in terms of specifics to see like how long these releases are going to be blacked out and stuff, just to kind of see. Because I like I like the flexibility of going to multiple chains because you know sometimes there are things that are available 
that AMC doesn't necessarily have or AMC has moved on from that is around town here. Right. And as I've been – as anyone that's still listening to the podcast at this point um, has heard me say, like I'm I'm, prob- I'm weighing the option. I'm right across the street from an AMC, so I – and I, but I want to still see stuff opening weekend. But like there are some independent theaters um, within like a half an hour of me that are going to get stuff before that AMC. And maybe they won't do peak pricing on that stuff for MoviePass. And it, it might personally be worth it for me just to pay the $20 to AMC and the 15 to MoviePass if this incarnation of MoviePass just keeps going. Because I, I was getting my money's worth when MoviePass was 45 a month. So I might keep going, but I understand that like people just might not want to spend that much money doing it. So it's interesting to see like what someone is going to prioritize. And, and then how other external factors like traffic or location factor into it. And it sounds like because like I just like the idea of being able to just like go to any theater. It's just that convenience, and it sounds like that convenience might be worth it for you to just like stick it out with the movie pass, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, as a moviegoer, I guess I'm not really someone who has to see it first weekend. There's probably like maybe three or four movies a year that like I'm there like the opening weekend. So uh, depending on how long that blackout period lasts, might see. And, and, and I've been asking people that a lot. It's like how much does that matter to you? Because it matters a lot to me as someone that's like trying to do a movie podcast and wants to put stuff out in a timely fashion. And I, and I hope that my friends, I I hope I'll be able to find friends to do these podcasts with that'll I'll at least be able to always find one friend that cares enough about a specific movie that you see it that weekend. Like for instance, you're more than happy to go into your pocket for like a Pixar ticket. That probably hasn't even like concerned you. Like I'm sure like that, that thought crossed your mind. Like, Oh yeah, those are wide releases. Like they're going to have to pay for that. But like, Pixar just those movies mean enough to you that you're not going to be upset if you're out fourteen dollars for it, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I think I saw Inside Out in the theater like three or four times. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you, you maybe you it might, might have been worth it for you just to buy Movie Pass just for that if you're going to that was right. if that was before they were uh, not letting you see the same thing twice. But uh, that that that's kind of what I was curious about getting. I was just like, uh, when you have that wealth of options that something like LA provides, like. Is it worth it, even if you're going to have to fight through LA traffic? And I was just, I was curious where you're going to go with that, because like I'm sure you're a busy man. You're trying to make it in the entertainment industry. Like you got things to do, but it it, it sounds like just with the whatever your average everyday habit is, like you might just stick it out and you'll go to your AMC once like that blackout's done, basically. If you want to see the big thing, and you'll you just don't time isn't such a big deal for you, is what you're saying though. Yeah, or, no, like or, I, or not or, or delay or the risk of being spoiled or something like that even. Right, yeah, cuz I still think like, you know, things that could get spoiled like, you know, Star Wars episode 9 if <laughs> if movie passes even alive that long, you know, for example, like I <laughs> I would um I would probably just go see that to avoid spoilers, but like something like I don't know, The Meg, like I don't need to see that <laughs> and or um I wonder if the shark's going to eat some people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, if I want to see Rain Wilson, I was going to see on Netflix for a bit. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Well, no, I that that that's interesting. Like, I mean, you, like you gave me like a pretty straightforward like answer and response. Like, I've kind of like rambled on with the other people, but like I feel like I pretty well covered it. I'm sure different LA people have like different opinions on that kind of thing, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like. I, that's one of the benefits of living somewhere out there. Hell, it might be more expensive. It might be just be like a pain to get places, but you get to live somewhere where you're going to get to see like a lot of cool movies like a month before the rest of us normies 
you know? So <laughs> I guess, like, it's probably just worth it for you to take advantage of that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's good. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of theaters, too, that, you know, if I want to go see something, like, um, you know, if you want to go, go to the Chinese theater and see something, like, they take movie pass, or, if you, like, if, if you don't want just to be the AMC, I don't know if you heard my dog shaking in the background there. Uh, if you want to... At least she's not barking. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but, you know, if you just want to see something that's not an AMC, or if AMC doesn't have it yet, or if AMC's already out of rotation, then you have plenty of options there. And, like, if you got the a- if you got the A-list, then you're right. kind of forcing them to AMC, which isn't a problem usually because they get mostly everything but you know the occasional thing or yeah so my so my last question then is that like because I, t- I told you i wasn't going to have you go on and on about your like the issues that movie pass might have already caused you is there something that would cause you to just to then just give up on the movie pass like would it would it be like a lot if they like if you had a few more like not even i don't even want to say a few more weekends would it be like if you went another month without seeing like an improvement in their customer service and other weird inconsistencies that are unexplainable that cause you to like have to alter your plans like or is there a certain amount that have to raise the price like where do you think you draw the line is what i'm kind of trying to find out from everyone because everyone's had their troubles with it yeah i think the thing i'm most curious about is like how the peak pricing is going to work moving forward because i know a couple weeks back i went to see skyscraper with a buddy of mine and we were going to the same screening same showtime and i got peak priced but he didn't uh, which is something that kind of bothered me. And it, I wonder it's because I've used my movie pass so much that they were, um, you know, total speculation here and it's anecdotal account, obviously, but like, are they, were they like targeting the heavy users with peak pricing? That's in- I, I had not, I had not heard that happen yet. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause like I was, um, I was going to go see Incredibles two again because my wife and I bought like, uh, like IMAX tickets for it uh, when we saw it the first time. So I was just going to go see on the movie pass again. And then like a 1210 show on a Sunday was like peak priced. And like I hopped over on Fandango just to look at the seating chart and they'd only sold like six seats in the entire theater. That's, yeah. So, there have been people posting pictures on Twitter of like barely filled theaters saying, why is this peak pricing? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I guess that's the thing I'm most curious about because if they're going to keep peak pricing me, then it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, at that point, you may as well do A-list and then go see the independent movie every once in a while and just pay that out of pocket, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, like, because, you know, you can only – I mean, <laughs> it's an incredibly, like, ridiculously awesome service when you look at it in a vacuum. So it's like $15 a month to see, like, all these movies, and that's great. But then, you know, there's only so much you can take from the, like, the waiting period and then how they're only going to make certain showtimes available and not every showtime available – and then the the peak pricing too. It's just like how many things are you gonna add yeah. on? I wasn't one of the people complaining with a lot of the changes. Like I didn't care if I couldn't see the same movie twice. Like I see two movies, I already save money. Who cares if that's a rule? Or like when I thought peak pricing was gonna be like a few dollars for like Star Wars on opening night or Avengers on opening night, I'm like, whatever, cool. But like yeah. if I go out of my way to go to a certain theater to see a specific movie and drive a half an hour and then find out it's not there either because they dropped the showtime or the app is down when they could have sent me a push notification, those are the things that actually really get me mad when it like screws with my day. Not just if like it offers me one less perk of being able to see the same thing over and over again. You know what I mean? So that's the, that's the thing I'm most concerned about too. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. 
But yeah, I, Joe, I really appreciate you giving me the West Coast perspective on this. It's good to have someone in another big movie-going market and to hear like exactly what the lay of the land is there and how it's looking. And I appreciate your time, and I hope you'll be back soon to join me talking about another movie that you have seen with a successful MoviePass experience. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Now I'm joined by my friend Ben Duong. Uh, ben, thanks for joining me and doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you just started med school and are living in Dothan, Alabama, and that's a lot different from anyone else I've talked to to this point in the podcast because it's a pretty rural area. And first, before I even ask you, I've been starting out asking people about them in MoviePass, but I think it's just kind of interesting that it's a smaller town. What is the movie theater situation like there, and what's it? And where? And compare, especially compared to where you were before. Yeah. Um, so Dothan is a small town in rural Alabama, like very, very rural. We're like an hour north of Panama City. We're in the middle of nowhere, basically, in <laughs> Alabama. And uh, there's only two theaters here. Both of them are AMCs. Okay. Um, neither of them have IMAX or 3D. So it's all one format. Um, there's no independent theaters. Um, and that's really all I got going for me. <laughs> yeah. Is there, I mean, I get, okay, so Panama City's, I don't even want to call Panama City a big city. I'm pretty familiar with it being from the Florida Panhandle. I mean, you said it's about an hour from there. If Let's just say you had nothing better to do on a Saturday and wanted to drive to Panama City. Like, is there even a theater there that would have an independent theater, or are you just really kind of on an island with in that regard? Uh, you know what? I'm not even sure, but gotcha. most people I know don't really go there for you know movie going. <laughs> You're not missing much unless you just really want to go to the beach. You know, I mean, like it's a it's a, it's a beach town. Uh, but it's you mentioned independent movies, so I would like you to talk a little bit about too uh, what your movie going consumption was like prior to Movie Pass becoming a thing, and how that changed afterward. And were you seeing more independent movies, or did it just change the frequency with which you just saw any kind of movie? How, how did your movie-going habits change once MoviePass became an option for you? Yeah, so before, um, I got MoviePass when I moved back um, from undergrad to Orlando. Um, I lived there for a year, and that's when I had MoviePass. Um, but before I got MoviePass, um, I was mostly seeing like big-ticket movies like Marvel, Star Wars, um, some of the other bigger movies, Jurassic Park, things like that. Um, because, uh, for one, movies are expensive in Florida, um, I didn't have too much time, so I had to really be picky and choosy about the kinds of things I'm going to theaters to see. So it normally ended up me seeing, like, the bigger stuff, and I very rarely saw independent uh, films or films at the smaller theaters. But once I moved back to Orlando, which had a lot more theater options than where I went to undergrad, and I got movie pass, I was able to see all sorts of movies. There's an independent uh, theater in Orlando. Um, Enzian, right? Yeah, the Enzian. Um, and they have a lot of different um, indie films. They have uh, old throwback films, uh, black and white films, um, foreign films, all sorts of things like that. Um, so I was able to see all sorts of stuff at that theater. I was able to use the movie pass at their um, – they had uh, the Florida Film Festival there, so I, I was able to use uh, movie pass with that. That's and cool. Then, I, I didn't know they actually like – uh, I, I, I unfortunately don't live near a film anywhere that does a film festival. That's really cool. I didn't realize you were able to use it to get into stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, the venue is crowded and stuff, so I had to be careful about my timing. But, yeah, I can use it for that. And so it was great. So I, I, you, you, you struck on one thing that I actually really wanted to talk to you about, which was how maybe prior to MoviePass you were more into going to the big ticket stuff, which I think one of the common themes from the people I've talked to so far has been, well, 
I might have all these options near me because they're in cities that are bigger than Dothan, and so they have those options. But they're just like it might make sense for me just to ride it out with Movie Pass, even though they're going to do this thing where the big ticket movies get blocked out for the first two weeks just because that's what they're doing now. You know, that's one of the new regulations. And I think you're like probably like me as because compared to a lot of these other people that were like, it doesn't mean that much to me to see these big movies the first couple weekends. But I think you're like me. And if there's a Marvel movie out or a Star Wars or something like that, you're probably going the first two nights. So how does that affect your calculus and like whether it's even worth it for you to stick with MoviePass, even if $15 a month and being able to go to other changes a little cheaper than what AMC has to offer. Yeah. So for me, what really changes is like, because of that delay. And then especially because this is a low demand, like rural area, like, I don't know what kind of service they're going to be offering and like what kind of timing they're going to use on whether or not they, or when they end the blackout dates for the bigger films. Mm -hmm. So especially for the stuff that I really want to see, like the stuff that I've been waiting for all year, those big movies, um, waiting those like several weeks or however long they're going to keep it off, uh, the app, um, really just kind of isn't worth it for me anymore at that point. Um, with the price increase, uh, especially now with starting med school and having like a really busy schedule, like I don't have time to wait to kind of compile a bunch of big releases together or things like that. Like I have select time really to spend, um, and that delay kind of throws everything off and it's harder to plan for stuff. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I would imagine like a decent – I don't know what the demographics are of people that use MoviePass, but I'd imagine like a decent amount of it probably comes from young people. And uh, they might have to deal with like a student prioritizing in the way that you are. So that, it's interesting though that like you're in a, like an AMC-dominated city because I talked to someone in Gainesville, which is just completely dominated by Regals, as you probably well know. So those people are just like, well, I got to stick it out with MoviePass. So it, based on what I know about your situation now, it sounds like – for, well, unfortunately, one of the probably big pros of AMC A-List is that, in theory, they do let you go to the IMAX or the 3D or whatever as part of the three movies a week that the plan comes with. So I guess you don't have that based on how you describe those theaters in Dothan. But have you done that calculus in your head yet? Would it make more sense for you to just uh, go go to a, just go to AMC A-List even if you aren't getting those perks just because MoviePass has so many other things working against it at the moment? Yeah, so I actually did the math on this. So under the new price for MoviePass, I would have to see about 10 to 15 movies um, in order for it to be worth it for what I'm paying, um, depending on whether or not I'm seeing stuff in Alabama or if I go back home in Florida and see stuff in Florida, because movies in Alabama are a couple of dollars cheaper than Florida. Right. Um, and then I compared that to the uh, AMC uh, uh, Stubbs A-list program. Uh, which is $20 per month. And under that, um, whether or not I'm back in Florida or here in Alabama, I'd have to see at least 20 films in order for that to be worth my money and what I'm paying for. Um, which, oh, oh, for the with, whole for the whole year? What you're saying. Yeah, for the yeah, whole year, gotcha. basically. Yeah. Um, which is incredibly hard to do as a med student. I'm under Movie Pass. I saw maybe in 10 months, I saw about 30 different movies uh, using the service. And that was with a much easier schedule when I was doing my master's. But now with med school, um, like, I will rarely have a free weekend or, like, a serious chunk of time in which I want to go and sit down and see, like, 20-plus movies. Um, even if I went back home and, like, tried to binge watch a bunch of movies in theaters, um, it would still be difficult for me to keep those kind of numbers in order for the service to be worth it. And then also 
the AMCs here don't have IMAX or 3D, so I'm not able to use that service for the majority of the year until I go to a bigger city. Well, so so it sounds like just the just a time and a, a amount of money amount of movies that to make it worth your while. It seems like you've done the math doesn't work for you on AMC uh, for MoviePass. Like, I guess you think that might be more realistic that you get to that many movies. So then, I guess my last question for you then is. Do you think you would see enough movies aside from those tentpole blockbusters that you would probably prioritize on an opening weekend anyway? Do you think you would go enough to hit that number outside of those movies anyway to make Movie Pass worth it, or are you probably just going to have to have to leave? Honestly, I'm probably going to have to leave. Um, one of the other issues living in a rural town is that we don't get a lot of the smaller releases that aren't going to be uh, blacked out. Um, I think they have like only a couple of showings of uh, that new movie, uh, Eighth Grade, or like some other movies that you might consider like on the lesser side of uh, releases. Mm-hmm. Um, as, and then some of the much, much smaller indie films, like that's definitely not going to be showing anytime soon um, at the theaters here. So there's like a fine balance between like the bigger movies and then the like mid-level releases and the indie films and like i'm definitely not going to get the indie films i might get some mid-level releases and then i'll for sure we'll get the big uh movies but uh because of the breakdown of the kind of stuff they're playing here it's not really going to be worth it for me um i'm not going to be able to get enough movies here that's going to make uh it worth it i'm not going to be able to see the big movies in time because of the blackout dates so it's at this point looking like a done deal of me leaving oh. the service. Man, this, now I'm sad. I was, I was, this is how I'm like rounding out the podcast, and I was hoping you had like found something, some silver lining in all this. And now I'm, I'm talking to you, and it's like, man, I'm just gonna have to study all the time. And these people are <laughs> yeah. making it harder for me to like get that release because like that, that was I got really into going to movies when I was in law school, you know. And like I think law school, like aside from like when we're all cramming for our exams at the end of the year, it's a little less time consuming than med school. And I was like, that was kind of like a release for me. And I was like, Oh, maybe like he's going to be working his ass off in med school, but like, he'll be able to do the movies. And I'm sure you'll still go to a few of them here and there. It's just, it sounds like there's not like a great option for you as far as a subscription service. So that's kind of sad. Yeah. It's, it's really a bummer. I was looking forward to being able to see some more movies. I was hoping movie pass would have kept going the, the way it was, but of course it's very, very unsustainable. Right. Um, and and I'm hoping what I'm hoping that is that like all like you read the article about like the measures that they're taking now you know like whether it be the blackouts fifteen dollars a month and how yeah. how and vague stuff like sometimes so show some show times this won't be available and that's like what does that even mean like they're not being very transparent and what I'm hoping at least for people in your position that like that would be their best option is that like this is like as far as they have to go as far as being restrictive and because like you know they ran out of money last week. Um, so it's like maybe like because they're at like wit's end and like this is like probably the worst it'll get for them maybe any new measures taken will like go to making it more accessible and a little easier to use and this is just like rock bottom and then maybe the next few steps they take will make it more worth your while and that's like what i'm hoping it's like maybe like i mean either that or they straight up die but like there's probably not a whole lot between where they are now and dying because they basically died last weekend so yeah yeah. so, so like hopefully like if nothing else, like either this, all this stuff they're doing now, either it doesn't work and they just straight up die, or like it works and maybe they find ways to like work their way back towards like something that allows like moviegoers in your position to like think it's a worthwhile product. I don't know. So. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that in the coming rest of the year they manage to stabilize and figure something out. Um, 
I don't think I'll renew it for the, well, at least the remainder of this first semester at med school, yeah. um, just because I'm just definitely not going to have the time. But maybe if they have stabilized and, you know, they offer some better services that make it worth my while, I might rejoin, you know, in the next year. Um, but we'll see if it's still alive then. Yeah, and that's that's smart because like you you probably shouldn't be at the movies all the time in your first semester of med yeah, school. Yeah. And then like that, but like this is like the best time to just wait and see what's going to happen with it because of all that. Like it's not the right time to use it, and hopefully it does come around. But I guess what I'm I guess like because I wanted to get the perspective of someone like living in a rural area. It sounds like maybe the average Joe working a nine to five or an eight to six job that doesn't have to like go home and study right when they're done with their daily obligations. It sounds like there's still, um, probably like if they were in living in your town, like a list would probably be worth it. And maybe they get out enough to like make movie pass worth it, but it might just not be because of the limitations of what you can see at the theaters. There probably isn't quite still as much value in it as if you're in a bigger market. And then if you just have even less time than that guy, then you're someone like you who doesn't have so much time in, isn't having as many movies as they're like it's just not worth it whereas maybe if there were just more like high quality independent films there like you could prioritize those and maybe squeeze out the enough viewings to get your money's worth but it's just not quite the case you know yeah exactly all right man well i appreciate you breaking that down for me because i didn't just want to have like people talking to me that live in cities of like four hundred thousand people because i mean the thing is if, if movie pass is going to survive like it probably needs to like find a way to cater to those markets because i don't know if you saw the stats but it's like i think like well over half of the tickets they were selling was basically new york los angeles and san francisco like the three most expensive places to live in the country and if that's where you're like reimbursing all the tickets for then no wonder like you're going to go out of business because that's where like movie tickets are all like $16. Like they got to yeah. find they got to find a way to I think to appeal to not even just rural places but just like regular cities that aren't those kind of cities, you know what I mean? And if they can get those people to subscribe and have them be what their are what their ideal user is, people that maybe see two or three movies a month as opposed to be able to see 10 movies a month like me who are the ones (laughs) that put them out of business (laughs) who are the ones that probably put them out of business i think that's how they survive but based on what you just told me they probably need to make it a better deal for you yeah exactly um there's such a good market for them especially with um uh middle class suburban america um and a lot of the people i talk to that come from that demographic they just don't know about the service yeah, um, I think that's a very good shortcoming there. Yeah, and anyone listening to me at this point like has heard me say that like I think maybe it was a PR problem that they had, and just not enough people knew who they were, and maybe more people would want to go to them if they charged more. But it, just because they even know what the service is now, like you would probably pay for it at twenty a month if it was everything was the same beforehand as it was beforehand. But yeah, exactly. But, but so everyone knows how good of a deal that was, and probably thinks, oh, I would have paid a little more if I could kept doing that. But they're not going to pay a little bit more if you're going to have the most unreliable customer service of any big corporation that I could think of, and <laughs> yeah. like more outages when your product is just straight up down, and not being able to see the best movies right away. So yeah. when you have all that working against you, and you like we've talked about live in a town like that, it's. I, it's just not tenable, and they—they, they, I hopefully they like pay attention to people in those types of cities and aren't just only thinking about New York and LA because, like I said, they're gonna have their, their margins are just not gonna be good, you know, like on at all. For people can go to two movies there, and Movie Pass is gonna lose a lot of money. Whereas if you go to two movies in Dothan, like they're probably still not—they're not gonna lose that much money on you. You know what I mean? So yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate getting your perspective on it, and. uh Happy movie watching for anything you have time to go to, and uh, best of luck in school. Yeah, thanks again. All right, appreciate it.